When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone. So glad to have you here. Coming up, we have stories about family vacation drama, roommate drama, wedding drama, airplane etiquette, and of course, we have cake stories and a story reading by Tony Spark. Heck yes. Stay tuned. We have more drama than a family reunion coming right up. First story of the day is, am I the astronaut for leaving my family vacation early? I, 27 female, am the new mom to a beautiful 10-month-old boy. My parents and siblings scheduled a road trip that landed us 13-plus hours away from home. When we learned of the dates, we knew that my husband, 27-year-old male, had a scheduling conflict and would not be able to attend. I expressed concern to my family that taking a 10-month-old baby that far away without his dad would be extremely challenging. I'm an avid traveler, and my husband and I have taken him on trips before, but these trips didn't require much time in a car and were planned with flexibility and my son's best interest in mind. My parents and siblings assured me that they would do whatever it takes to help with my son and for the trip to go smoothly. I've never had the greatest relationship with my family. My siblings are several years younger than me and I've always felt like the third parent instead of the oldest child as I grew up having to be responsible for them in odd and end ways. I also work from home and had several more hours I needed to get done for the week so I said I'd need help with my son in the car so I could finish up work so I could get paid and provide for my family to which they agreed. When we got there the trip was a disaster. My son wasn't doing well with long car rides. My family was blowing everything out of proportion and they basically all gave up once it got hard, which happened very fast. Not only that, but they were struggling to meet their own needs too. So like always, I was picking up the slack for them while also trying to work and take care of my son without my husband. I finally hit a breaking point. We had taken two vehicles and I asked if I could take one of them with just me and my son so we could go home and that's what we did. Part of me feels bad. I know my mom especially wanted to just have a good family getaway. They've been helping us some financially as my son has unfortunately already had a hospital visit in his short lifetime. So I felt obligated to at least give this weekend a try. But everything that could go wrong did. And I felt like leaving was what was best for me and my son. We're only four hours away from home now, spent a majority of overnight driving and making progress. And he's behaved and slept so much better already. Am I the astronaut? Question here was, am I the astronaut for leaving my family vacation early? I think everybody who has parenting experience here is like immediately NTA. NTA, you have to prioritize your child first. And especially if you are put into a situation where not only is it more difficult to care for your child, but it's it's more, more difficult to care for your child because you're having to pick up the slack for other people as well. And they had agreed to pitch in and help you, but aren't doing it. It's the reverse of the agreement that's happening. Screw it. And no one can say shit about this. They can't fault you for this. They can't be mad about this. You are doing what's best for your child. Even if they had been pitching in, even if everything was going well, it would have been 
totally fine for you to leave if you felt like that was the best thing to do for your child at 10 months old. That's tough. And you know what? We had a scenario where we went to a St. Louis Cardinals baseball game. It was going to be Navy Thunder's first time staying in a hotel room. And we brought the pack and play. And we were like, we're going to roll the dice and see what happens. We ended up leaving at like 4 or 5 a.m. and just driving our butts home because it just was not going to happen. And when you have a kid that young, you got to be ready to do that. You got to be ready to call audibles when it's needed. This story is another follower submission, and it is Am I the Askonaut for not sharing my snacks with my roommate's kid? My friend, 32 male, call him Chase, has been renting a room for me, 29 female, and my husband, 31 male, for a couple of months now. My husband is currently unemployed due to personal circumstances, so I am the only income for the two of us. Chase has an 8-year-old son that comes and stays with him one night every other week or so. Chase and his ex are on good terms, and Chase goes over there to spend time with the kid often. When Chase first moved in, he was door dashing to make ends meet, so husband and I agreed to a pretty low rent and I provided all of the food for the three of us. Chase has since gotten a decent job and is making enough to pay for his own expenses as well as chip in on food expenses. When Chase's son comes over, he eats everything in sight. For example, all but two of a 12-pack of cookie snacks, four of six snack pack puddings, eight cheese sticks, and six of 12 go-gurts, all in one 24-hour period, and that does not include his meals, which he eats as much as any of the adults, if not more. These snacks are all things that husband or I bought with the intention that it would last a couple of weeks in our house of three adults. The first visit, I ignored it because we're all still getting used to each other. The second visit, I brought up the amount of sugar the child was intaking and was ignored. The third visit, I asked Chase to be more aware of what his son eats and was again ignored. Before the fourth visit, I sat down with Chase and told him that it really bothered me and was hurting me financially because husband and I are just surviving on my income and the rent Chase pays is minimal. So we don't have the money for a child that we are not responsible for to be eating a week or more worth of snacks in one day. So today is the fourth visit and Chase took me seriously this time and bought snacks for the child before he was brought to the house and brought food from his ex for the child's dinner. About 20 minutes before Chase started making dinner, the child asked for some of the brownies I bought that were on the counter. Chase told him to eat the snacks that were bought earlier in the day for him and the child started crying that he was hungry and didn't want the other snacks, but wanted the brownies and came to me to beg for brownies, so I said no. So am I the asking for not sharing my snacks with my roommate's kid. That one's a little bit complicated, right? I'm sure this is less of a matter of hunger. I don't think this is a matter of hunger. I think with kids, I'm sure it's always been like this, but but we notice it more now. I think when kids get bored, their first reaction is to snack. It's not hunger driving it, it's boredom. And when it's boredom, they get really picky because they don't have to eat right then. It's not hunger driven. It's not an I'm going to eat anything in sight thing. It is a bored. I want something really good. And if there's a choice, if in front of me, I can see, you know, the snacks that I said I wanted earlier that I picked out or these brownies that I didn't know existed. I'm probably going to say that I want those. And when it comes to no, you know, he starts crying not to his dad, but going over to OP here and trying to guilt her into making it happen, which may be an experience that he has with his mom, where it works there, who knows, but NTA. NTA. 
It's a normal thing. You snack when you're bored. And I think it's just one of those things that you have to monitor and keep an eye on as a parent and be like, hey, number one, I think I'm going to try to help my child become aware that they're snacking or eating because they're bored, not because they're actually hungry. And if they are actually hungry, they're going to eat what you give them. And you have an opportunity to make things more nutritious when you do that. Also, not OP, but the dad here has an obligation to make sure that there are healthier snacks around. If he is going to boredom eat, identify the boredom, say, let's make you not bored. Let's do something something, or if he is going to snack, make sure it's a healthier alternative here. OP, you're not the asshole at all. I mean, ultimately it is the dad's job to say no. And he did. And you reinforce that. And that is what a parent would want you to do, like to back them up. If they had caved and you had negated what he said, there's a whole new problem. And then it becomes an authority issue because you've negated his authority and you didn't, you backed him up. So I think you did the right thing here. Dad should keep healthy snacks in the home. If he has the means to do that now and provide for his kid. It's his responsibility to keep the healthy snacks for the kid in the home. Anything else that's there, they're just going to have to understand that it's not for him. Now, OP, what you can do to make this easier is not put them out right in front of him, right? Like if you know he's coming over, put it away, at least in the beginning while he's being trained to make healthier choices or trained that this stuff is off limits. It's a lot easier if it's not right in front of them. Learning no is a big part of what needs to happen here. And I don't know how freshly separated dad and mom here are in this situation, but sometimes it's a tough thing for a single parent to learn and enforce, right? And sometimes parental guilt comes into that too. If they feel guilty because they don't get to see them as much or because they're separated or whatever it is, then they may be more likely to let them do crap they wouldn't otherwise do. As he's being trained to make those right decisions, or if they're trying to address the boredom first, I do think hiding the snacks in the beginning of that will help ease into that process and help it get started. Then reintroduce them as you try to reinforce the decision making, right? It's like, okay, we've learned when you go look for snacks, you're going to ask your yourself if you're bored and that's what the issue is and then choose something different. If it is that you actually want to eat something, you're going to choose the healthier snack. And once that pattern is developed, then you can introduce more temptations because it's like a test and you're reinforcing that and you're strengthening that skill. It's not going to fix the core problem, but it is going to make it easier to get started in the right direction here. You have to look at this process of baby steps because like the whole blitzing this shock to the system thing, like you're going to learn the hard way and you're going to learn fast. You can go that route. It's just going to be more painful for everyone involved. If you tiptoe this direction and you focus on small wins, small progress, I think it's going to be easier. I'm not an expert in this. I just have the feeling that it would be easier to win those small battles. Part of the problem here is that he's doing this when he comes to see his dad. This is where his dad is living right now. So the kid doesn't know. He knows it's food. He doesn't know who bought what, who provided what. That's part of the thing where I think it's easier to keep it away, not in front of them in the beginning. Okay, this one is not a follower submission. This one is from the AITA subreddit. So this story is, am I the astronaut for not letting friends from out of town stay at my home? My 30 female boyfriend, 35 male, has two friends who live in another state. Let's call them Jack and Liz. They want to come visit us in our state with their four children, ages ranging from five to 10. I live in the downtown area of our city while my boyfriend lives about one hour away in the suburbs. My house is close to where I go to school full time, about a five minute walk, and also close to where I work. 
10 minute walk to my first job, 10 minute drive to my second job. I live with my three dogs and because of my busy schedule, I have a dog walker come every day to feed and take care for them. When Jack and Liz come to visit with their kids, they are asking to stay at my house. Here's the thing though, they want me to leave my house so that their family can stay there with complete privacy. I think it is also worth noting that I have never met or spoken to Jack and Liz before. They are my boyfriend's friends, not mine. Also, they are originally from our city, so they have their parents and family members who still live there. They seem pretty wealthy, mostly because they tell my boyfriend that they are. Liz is a stay-at-home mom and has never worked before because Jack has had multiple inheritances from deceased family members and he brags about his high-paying job. They also own about 10 rental properties that they collect passive income from, believe they bought these houses with the inheritances. Before meeting Jack, Liz also did not work because her family is wealthy and supported her. The thing is, my commute to work and school, I have one or both seven days a week, is over an hour each way from my boyfriend's house in the suburbs. I already have such long days that changing my commute to be two plus hours a day, even for a week, is giving me anxiety with all of the stuff I have going on between work and school. Also, I don't have anyone to walk my dogs at my boyfriend's house, and even if I were to hire a dog walker, he doesn't want a stranger having access to enter his house. Oh, well, that's funny. Finally, it would be just really uncomfortable to have to leave my own home, and I am also nervous about having young children running around my house when I am not there and my home is not childproofed. So, am I the Askonaut? My boyfriend seems disappointed in me because I'm not opening my home to his friends and I am already making a bad impression on them. He also thinks that I am doing this because I am deciding to not like them based on what I know about them, just what I've heard from him. Stuff like they're always asking to use my streaming logins, but keep logging me out. When their dogs get old, they abandon them at shelters so they can make room for new puppies. I do think that this kind of stuff bothers me, but I think that even if they were my own friends making this housing request of me, I would tell them to get a hotel or stay at their parents' houses. Edit. My boyfriend lost both of his parents young when he was 16 and 22, and he doesn't have siblings or much extended family. He considers his friends from high school as his family. I'm trying to be sensitive to his situation because essentially he thinks that I should be more accommodating to his friends since they are his family. Edit two, regarding their past actions for their family pets, I find it absolutely aberrant. When I brought it up, I've been told that I am out of line because I don't have family or children. My boyfriend thinks any criticism of their actions towards pets is a criticism of them as parents, which since I don't have kids, I shouldn't be allowed to voice opinions on stuff I don't know about. My boyfriend thinks at least two of the abandoned dogs may be attributed towards PPD since they were both within a year of a baby being born. However, I feel the fact that animal family members were the victims, this is still aberrant behavior. So the one thing that really stuck out to me here, the one conflicting hypocritical thing that I heard the boyfriend do here, OP said that even if she went to stay with her boyfriend and could hire a dog walker to come out, he doesn't want to open up his home to strangers. Interesting. He doesn't want to do that, but he's giving you a hard time because you won't open up your home to strangers with kids who can definitely afford to stay somewhere else. The hypocrisy of it all. Yeah, that's garbage. And you get to call the shots for your own home. Someone making the request for you to leave your home so they can stay in it. If you were offering, it would be one thing. Them making that request, them just initiating that request, having that thought and not waiting for you to offer. The request happening makes them assholes automatically. Also, they've got rental properties. He's got multiple inheritances. She's a stay-at-home mom by choice. They're not hurting for money at all. They're using OP's streaming service logins and kicking her out on it. Like They just seem like the kind of people who take advantage of people and don't understand the value of hard work. And that would make sense given how everything kind of accrued here, which sucks. 
And knowing what she knows about these people already, I'd say no too. It doesn't matter. If I've never met someone, if we're not close friends, if we're not like family members, we've never talked to each other before, like hell, you're going to ask to stay in my home without me there. Sure, 10 grand, you can stay in my house. Why not? Let's talk a little bit about where the friends are and where the boyfriend is here. I feel like if you are somebody who is willing to make an ask like that of someone to stay in their home and have them leave their home, they're just like, hey, uh, by the way, we're going to kick you out of your own home so us and our kids can come stay there. Uh, We've never met. It's cool. Uh, We're really close with your boyfriend and we would like for you to leave. Also, we're going to use your streaming service logins and boot you out all kinds of times. We don't need the money. You know, we just like to do shit like that. Where does this put them. Let's talk about the friends first. Where do they land here for being able to make that ask of someone and seeing it as reasonable? It's not just this one thing. They have the gall, the audacity to be doing really, really well financially, but still like take her streaming service login, still ask to kick her out of her own freaking house for free. I think these people generally also what they've done with their pets here, and we don't know the full story on that. There's probably more to it, but whatever. The way that these people are to other people the way that they treat other people and basically just expect the world to service them or wait on them hand and foot puts them for me in Ascon 1 here. These are shite people. You certainly don't want to ask on one people staying in your house without you being there. They expect you to just part the seas for them. So what? Their kids are going to break all your shit. They're going to use everything you have there and not even think about replenishing any of it because they don't have to. Based on a lot of things, ask on one. Now, boyfriend, we know he's a brozo. He got the brozo title already. What else is he here? I think the hypocrisy of him not being willing to open up his own home to let a dog walker walk the dogs, but expecting his girlfriend to open up her home for people she's never met who are assholes. Where does that put him? Uh, he's definitely a brozo. I'm going to throw him on two. He, he could be a one because of the hypocrisy here. But I feel like these people are the closest family that he's had. He's lost everyone else and they are manipulating him, which he's just rolling down the line here. He's at least a two, potentially a one. Two for him. Ask on one for the friends who are just taking advantage of everyone around them. OP is NTA here. Don't let those people stay in your house. Just don't do it. This follower submitted story is Am I the Askinoff for not wanting another homemade cake after what happened at my baby shower? Hey Dusty, I need a little perspective on this and I know how much you love cake. Heads up, this might get a little confusing. When I, 28 female, was pregnant with my first child, I didn't want a baby shower. I'm extremely antisocial and just the thought of being the center of attention threw me into a panic. Unfortunately for me, my husband's best friend, Mark, who was like a brother to me at the time, told his mom, Cindy, I was pregnant with a little girl and she was over the moon happy. She always wanted a granddaughter but never got one, so she wanted to treat my child as her own grandchild. I found it a little odd, but with both my husband and his best friend's encouragement, I reluctantly agreed. Cindy, Mark's girlfriend and Mark's sister, decided to do all the planning and inviting since I really didn't have any friends in the area since I was from out of state. The shower was being held at Cindy's house. Mark's girlfriend was making the cake and Mark's sister took care of all the invites and getting me and my husband to the location. Fast forward to the day of, the only people I knew there were my sister, who basically said, hi, here's your diapers, now bye. She didn't even stay for five minutes. My boss, Mark, and his family. Everyone else were family friends of Cindy's. Even Mark's old babysitter was there. Needless to say, 
say it was extremely awkward and like my sister I just wanted to leave but these people were nice enough to show up and get us the things we couldn't afford at the time so I put on a happy mask and dealt with it when it was time for cake Mark's girlfriend was super proud of the one she made the shower was Winnie the Pooh themed so she did her best with decorating the cake as such it didn't look bad on the outside but when it was cut batter started to drizzle out as you can guess it wasn't even done baking uh, yeah, yeah, we'll go ahead and give some red flags for that. Mark and everyone else enjoyed it, giving her compliments on how well she did, but my husband and I wouldn't touch it. We both worked in the food industry and knew the potential hazards of eating an undercooked cake. Mark's girlfriend got offended when I asked if she needed baking advice, but I shrugged it off. <laughs> you asked her if she needed baking advice. Fast forward to my daughter's first birthday. Mark's girlfriend and Cindy wanted to take over again since I just wanted something small for her first birthday. At this point, Mark and I no longer got along to the point he openly admitted that he never liked me and was actively trying to get me and my husband to split up. Honestly, I give him some points for at least admitting it, even though finding out hurt like hell. I refused to allow them to take over again and that if they did want to come, they could just bring age-appropriate gifts like everyone else. I mean, it's not their fault Mark was being a douche canoe, plus my husband was still really close to their family. Love the use of douche canoe there. Mark's girlfriend wanted to make my daughter's smash cake since she improved since the baby shower, but I declined saying I was going to make it. Instead, I went to Dairy Queen and got my daughter an Oreo ice cream cake. Don't judge, she loved it. Mark, his girlfriend, and Cindy were furious because of that. Mark's sister laughed and said it was cute. Everyone besides my husband and Mark's sister called me an asshole because I wouldn't give Mark's girlfriend another chance. It's now been a few years and daughter number two's first birthday is coming up, which got me remembering what happened and now I'm conflicted with how I reacted. It wouldn't have hurt anything to have her make a cake but have a spare on the side just in case it was underbaked again. I find myself wondering if I truly was the asshole in this situation. So Dusty, I have to ask. Am I the asshole for not wanting another homemade cake after what happened at my baby shower? Hell no. No, 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 no. Asking her if she wanted baking advice and we might have to do a little bit of this for that. Even though it might not have been petty, you're getting the petty confetti for it. Uh, that was that was pretty damn good. Here's the deal, okay? You know the potential hazards of eating an undercooked cake. That was the last experience you had with the cake that this person made. Now they wanted to make a cake that your baby was going to put in their face and eat and ingest and potentially get very, very sick from. If before you wouldn't touch it, like hell, you're going to risk that again if there's the slightest chance that someone could make something that could make your infant child ill it is a hell no no hell no your first order of business is to protect your child and for that reason alone you get to say no here but you can bring a cake if you want and like i'll eat it and other people can eat it but like hell i'm gonna put anything that you've baked in front of my child my baby no hell no hell no i don't know what the deal is with everybody else there that's all pissed off at you for not giving her another chance but it's pretty easy to say look i'm more strict about this with my baby this is the cake that my child is going to eat of course i'm going to be more stringent on it no you bring cake if you want to bring cake it's not going to be the cake that gets smashed not going to happen hey uh i know you say you would have gone gordon ramsay on that cake would you mind hopping up here for a minute and showing me what that would look like i need to see what you going gordon ramsay on a cake would look like <clears throat> raw
next follower submitted story here. This one is, am I the astronaut for not wanting my niece to be in the wedding party? Little backstory, I have been with my fiance for 11 years now. We both knew, I think, that we were each other's meant to be matched from year one. We moved in together before that first year was over, but we wanted to wait to get married until we were better off financially and better prepared for our life together. He proposed over the holidays, 2022, but we had been planning our wedding long before that through conversations over the years, like who the best man is, who my maid of honor is, who we would invite, what kind of service we'd have, who would officiate, all of this and more was decided before a full day had passed since he proposed. Skip forward six months, we have the venue chosen, which includes the ceremony venue and the reception, the food, the bouquets, the boutonnieres, the cake, and more that I can't remember at the moment. We have picked my dress, his outfit, his best man's outfit, my maid of honors, and the flower girls. Therein lies the problem, at least according to my mother. I asked my maid of honors daughter, age nine, to be my flower girl. I was there at her birth, been there for every birthday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and major life event. Babysat her countless times. She's practically my goddaughter. She knows me, loves me, calls me aunt. My niece, seven. My sister and I have never been close. That's a story for another time. I've only seen her, my niece, at Christmas and maybe one or two times throughout the year, every year since she was born. Honestly, I barely know the girl. Last Christmas, she actually forgot my name when she was saying bye for the night. This hurts me some because her brothers, 14 and 19, I was part of their lives. I babysat them, drove and picked them up from school, took them to the movies, etc. I was a part of their lives, but my niece, not so much. Now, my mother, not my sister, mind you, is asking why I didn't ask my niece to be a flower girl at the wedding. The Renaissance Festival wedding package we chose, it comes with three hair garlands. The carriage that will take us from the bridal prep room to the ceremony holds four. Myself, my maid of honor, our chosen flower girl, and my future husband, aka no room for another person, even a child. Letting or even purchasing my niece a similar dress, corresponding colors, or opposite colors of mine, maid of honor's flower girls, I'm totally fine with. Getting her a hair garland, though they are pricey, would be doable. What I'm now considering, maybe they could both be flower girls or ring bearers. Having one drop gray petals on and the other drop purple, having one carry my ring and the other carry my fiancé's. However, I'm not sure that I should compromise on this for a few reasons. Firstly, she wouldn't be able to join on the carriage ride, or both of them wouldn't. I just thought it would be fun. Second, the added expense. The dress, even for a child, would be around $250, and the extra hair garland would be $65. Again, doable, but is it necessary? Third, and this is probably the major factor, I don't know if I want my sister to be a part of my day. And if her only daughter were to be a part of the wedding, she would push in in other parts too. She'd want to do hair and makeup. She's a stylist by profession. She'd want to say something at the ceremony. She's very big into church the last few years where she does ministry. Or she'd want to officiate. She did at our brother's wedding and we already have that covered by our friend who I've known for 15 plus years. I just know that she will push in and I don't want to deal with the fallout and anxiety. I'm already dealing with a lot of anxiety and trying not to pile it on. Part of the reason why we chose this venue was that so much was taken care of and provided for by the package we paid for. Am I the astronaut? Why, moms? Why? Why do you got to do this to weddings? You know what I mean? This is your wedding. No one else gets to decide anything but you and your betrothed. That's it. And even then, really, it's it's your call in most cases here. If somebody is trying to guilt you into something for your wedding, they're the asshole. You are NTA here. And the specific question was, am I the astronaut for not wanting my niece to be in the wedding party? So, so wanting is a feeling, right? You can't be an asshole for feeling that way, for acting on it, depending on how you do it, you could be, but you have every right to say no here. You filled that slot a long time ago and you have good reason for doing this and it has nothing to do with your niece specifically, except that you 
aren't close with her. I assume by no fault of your own here. You were closer with her brothers and maybe that was just where you were in life and you were more involved back then or closer with your sister back then, whatever the case may be. It's nothing against your niece here, but you had that role filled a long time ago. This is going to include additional expense. It's going to be more of a pain in the ass. And at that point, I'd be like, look, Ma, even if you were willing to pony up the additional expense and work a little harder to make up for the extra pain in the ass this is going to be, I would say no, because the potential ramifications of my sister being involved period. If you're worried right now that she's going to shove in and try to take control of other things, she is. You know what I mean? If that fear right now, just the potential for that opportunity or that problem to exist is in you right now, it's going to happen. And that is way more than enough for you to say, no, there's too much risk involved. And I will not introduce risk into my gosh heckin' wedding day. I will not do it. Ma'am, thank you very much, mom. I feel like there's another element to this where mom doesn't want to deal with the fallout from sister not being involved and not getting her way. You know what I mean? I feel like that could be a potential thing here too. So this is a follower submission and it is, am I the astronaut for not getting my best friend a Taylor Swift ticket? My best friend, 27 female and I, 27 female, have been talking about going to see a Taylor Swift concert since March when the tour started. I'd mentioned how badly I wanted to go to the LA show in which she said she would go with me if we got tickets somehow. She lives on the East Coast and I live on the West Coast. After searching for months for reasonably priced tickets and no luck, we were both sad that it seemed like this isn't going to happen, but we accepted it. At least that's what I thought. Now we are finally at the tail end of the Taylor Swift shows in LA when Ticketmaster opened up the queue for more tickets. I logged in with little hope to find tickets since it is now the week of, but to my surprise, the tickets were low, so I got extremely excited and ran to my husband instantly. I got the tickets. My excitement was over the roof. I assumed that since this last minute, my best friend wouldn't be able to come anymore since she would have to book a last minute flight from east to west coast. My husband would just take her place in which he was more than happy to come with me and even excited now. Boy, was I wrong. I called my best friend excitedly to tell her how I managed to get tickets. The second I said I got two tickets for my husband and I, she said, you are effing kidding me. Now, I'm assuming you read that excited, but no, she was downright pissed and it dripped in her words. My husband saw the look on my face change from so excited to confused and upset. She began saying how we have been talking about this for months and how I'm the worst best friend for forgetting about her when buying the tickets and to top it all off, it's on her birthday, the show that I'm going to. I instantly felt bad and apologized. My husband offered his, but quickly said never mind because he realized he was actually looking forward to this, especially after I relentlessly play Taylor Swift in the car all the time. I even went as far as to hop back in the queue to get three tickets and just resell my original two, but no luck. Once again, she said, I am the worst best friend. And then we got off the phone. Okay. The next day I'm at work and out of nowhere, I get a long text explaining how hurt she is about the situation. I instantly felt guilty and angry all at once and continued with my work, but I kept rethinking the situation. She says she's hurt, but she hurt me also by now throwing everything at me and failing to remember that I have also helped her out in so many ways. My husband thinks it was already crazy that I apologize and I shouldn't feel guilty for not getting her one. I just want to know, am I really the asshole here? So here's what I think about this situation. Number one, here's what I don't understand about this entire situation. If you are best friends with somebody and you are trying to get Taylor Swift tickets, how are you not communicating with your best friend when you're in the queue to do it? I know when the tickets went on sale, me and my best friends were you know, like, as soon as we were all trying to get in the queue and we were all trying to get tickets, like we were talking about who can get what, like, why would you not communicate with her? 
and let her know instead of just assume because that's what got OP in trouble here is that she assumed that she wouldn't be able to go instead of saying, hey, I'm going to get on, try to get on the queue when these get released. Would you like to go? Because I mean, you guys are best friends. You supposedly talked about this. And if she says no, she says no. But you're just assuming that she's going to say no. And the friend is obviously hurt by this. And then when it comes to the husband, I don't know. It's not really clear if he offered it to the friend. We'll see. But what I wonder, though, is if he said that to OP and they didn't tell the friend that, like he told her, like, hey, I'll give up my ticket for her. And he's like, actually, I want to go. Or if the friend actually knew that. If it was me in that situation, I would be the first message and phone call I would make would be to my best friend to be like, hey, I'm in the queue. Are we going? If you get tickets, do you want me to get you a ticket and do it? And, and, yeah. And it was on her birthday. So like you can make assumptions, but the fact that it's on her birthday, I feel like you should have just gone ahead and been like, I'm going to get the ticket. It's on her birthday. She'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I think everybody does suck here in this situation. I don't think OP is necessarily, she's not necessarily an asshole. It's just kind of, it really sucks for everybody all the way around. I remember talking about this story a little bit whenever you first ran across it. And this was one that I could read because it wasn't going to be a blind react for me. I have a little bit of a different view on it because the first thing that I said was hubby is either an ASCON 2 or ASCON 1 here. And I'm being harsh on him, but I'm being harsh on him for a reason. Number one, he should have recognized the ramifications of him not giving up his seat. It's going to damage this friendship, right? But the fact that he said he was going to give up his ticket and then rescinded it makes him an even bigger asshole. It's like, because it's like he felt like he knew what the right thing to do was and then decided to not do it. Yeah, you're an asshole for that. A bigger asshole because you chose, you recognized what the right thing to do was and then decided not to do it. And I think that makes him a bigger asshole for it. And in the very beginning, you know, realizing that this would stress their friendship, this friend is important to his wife, he's got to give up that ticket. It's the right thing to do. It's the chivalrous thing to do. No questions asked, should have done it and just decided not to, even though he knew it was the right thing. So I'm my bullseye here is on hubby. I'm like, you could have been a solution provider to this and just decided not to. For what benefit? What do you gain out of this? Yeah, it's going to be a fun experience, but at what cost? To be fair, though, to the husband, it's a Taylor Swift concert. No, Tony's an to asshole. It. He, he is. He could have fixed is. it. He could have okay, fixed it. But He's an asshole. We need, I need Candy's thoughts on this too, because listen, the three of us have been through the emotional roller coaster ride of the Taylor Swift tickets and not having tickets in the queue and the waiting and the concert. Here's the deal though. And before Candy Thunder gives her thoughts, when our fluctuant situation finally presented an extra ticket that would have allowed me to go without hesitation, Candy Thunder and I, when she told me what the situation was, I looked at her and I said, I think we both know who needs to go. And she looked at me and said, Tony. And I said, yup, there was zero hesitation because we knew that was the right thing to do. Because they the real MVPs. And this guy knew what the right thing to do was and just chose not to do it, which makes him more of an asshole. But Candy Thunder, here, you pop in and... I don't think that uh, the best friend owes her friend anything, but I think that you don't. You don't have to give somebody a ticket. That's not your job. Your job isn't to buy somebody else a ticket. But knowing how much it would damage her friendship doing what she did, I think that the OP in the story wanted to take her husband and didn't know how to say that. And so just didn't do it. She just let the chips fall where they may and that's what happened. I mean, it's really just like a lack of communication. Like yeah. all she had to do was send a text. And if you didn't want to say it, if you wanted to just go with your husband, you could have said right. to her, yeah, speak up you could say, have still tried to get her a ticket for yeah. like, you could have gotten in the queue or gotten tickets at a different spot right. and like gone with her. But I feel I like think, you owe her that at least a text like yeah. to talk about, Hey, I'm in the queue. Do you want a ticket? And if this was me on the other side of the country, I would have probably been like jealous and hurt, but not enough for it to damage our friendship because I understand wanting to share that moment with your husband, you're married, whatever. But don't just discount 
your friend out of the equation because she's across the country. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I know that some people don't understand the Taylor Swift type and that's fine, but they bonded over that. They had that together and she didn't get well, the Well, and they've been the talking about it for months. And I was like, the yeah. fact that it didn't even cross yeah. their mind to be like, maybe I should ask her if I can get a ticket that she wants to go to that. There's last minute flights. You can There's, yeah. All lack of communication aside for OP and her bestie here, the fact remains that Hubby could have solved all of this by sacrificing his seat and knew that and still chose not to. And that to me is a crime. That's like a cardinal sin, dude. You could have done so much good and just decided not to. It sucks. This is Am I the Astronaut for not picking up a cake I ordered because the worker didn't acknowledge my kid. I have a one-year-old baby who's extremely friendly. She'll wave at any and every person or thing around, even the dolls and stuffed animals at the store. She'll often get one of two responses. Either someone will wave back or they'll ignore her, both purposely or because they didn't see her wave, either of which is fine. Her birthday party is this weekend and we placed an order for a cake at a local bakery. We went to go pick up the cake and like usual, my baby was trying to wave at everyone. She kept on waving at a particular worker and I could tell she was trying to ignore the baby. Like I said earlier, it happens, so it wasn't a big deal until we got closer. Now her attention is fully on us and my baby is waving again. While I'm digging through my purse to find my card, I just happen to look up and I see the cashier giving my child a dirty look. It lasted for a couple seconds until she noticed I was looking at her and immediately changed her facial expression. It rubbed me the wrong way and so I decided that I'm not going to be buying anything from them. I told her, never mind, I don't want anything. She asked me what about the cake I ordered and I told them to cancel or do whatever they want with it because I didn't want it anymore. Anyways, part of the story got around and most people are saying I reacted too harshly and that at the very least I should have paid for the cake I ordered in advance. Am I the astronaut? There are two different ways to look at this. We will play devil's advocate on both sides. We'll look at this from both angles here. As a small business owner, yes, this was an asshole move to do to the small business owner. Here's the shit part. That worker probably wasn't the owner. The employee that you had that encountered with, you probably should have said something to them, but you not buying the cake didn't take anything out on them. Unless you wrote in to the owner somehow after that and explained to them why you didn't place that order, and then it would have been taken out on the specific employee or a conversation would have happened or that could have been corrected or improved upon, you punished the business owner for the employee doing something that you didn't agree with. And that sucks. As a small business, that sucks bad. That's a hardcore asshole move. If it was the owner that did that, you would hope that they would have enough sense to know that they've got to treat their customers well. Even if it's a baby, you've got to treat everybody well. You've got to be friendly all the time, especially if you're a counter person, you're a front of house person. Customer service is part of the gig here. However, punishing this small business because someone who works there didn't engage with your baby when your baby was looking at them that is reacting way too harshly. Where? Where does this go here? And I saw some people saying in here that it's some people just aren't baby people. And yeah, I get that. If Navy Thunder was waving at someone and they just gave her like a dirty look, I might be a little pissed off about it, but I'm not going to abandon the cake that I ordered about it. In general, you can't expect the world to love your baby as much as you do. You can't. And you can't punish people who don't step up and like engage with your kid. I would wish that that everybody that Navy Thunder waved to and smiled at would smile back and wave. The world would open up to her with happy, loving arms and welcome her 
every step of the way. Unfortunately, the world is a pretty shitty place. And when these kids get older, they're going to realize that they're going to get exposed to the real world at some point. You cannot shelter them from that. She's going to get dirty looks as a kid at some point here. You cannot shelter her from that. It's going to happen. It sucks. That's real life. Some people aren't baby people. Some people do have RBF. The fact that this small business was punished because of this isolated encounter and we don't know what that person's issue was. That sucks. That sucks bad for the small business. We're small business owners. We feel pain whenever any kind of small thing happens. So we get it. You would hope that the employee who was working the front counter, which by the way, if this exchange was limited to that and there wasn't like a message or an email or something afterward explaining it for the owner to know what really happened, the version of the story that the owner gets is this lady was in line and just decided that she didn't want to buy the cake that she had ordered anymore. It's like, I think she couldn't find her card or something. They are, they have no way of knowing that it's because of the exchange or because of the look that they gave. They have no way of knowing that. So you're punishing the wrong person here. That's the shitty part. Where does it put OP here? Could have done it differently. Should have done it differently. Definitely shouldn't have done that. Or you're a terrible human. This is not an evil thing. It was a definite overreaction. And for that, I'm going to go with it too here. It was it was a definite overreaction. The wrong person was punished for someone else's actions or inactions. It was all an overreaction. Should not have done it. In 2023, what was the standard for customer service before is not the standard for customer service anymore. It's a different world out there now. It's not a lot of shiny, happy people everywhere you go. You're more likely to get somebody telling you how much they hate their job when you get up to the counter than you are to get a smile and be treated well anymore. It's like, that's just the way it is now. So we just have to get used to it, I guess. You punish the small business owner, but you all also punished the cake. What are they going to do with it? Going to try to resell it to someone else? Going to give it away? Going to throw it away? The cake was punished. This perfectly good cake that never did a damn thing to nobody except look beautiful and be delicious never got its chance to shine. Probably got trashed afterwards. Okay, this one is a follower submission, and it is, Am I the astronaut for taking my roommate's dogs to the pound and not telling him? Start right off here. Backstory, I, 38 female, have lived with my roommate, 50 male, for seven years. He has rented a room for me the entire time. After COVID hit, he was in and out of jobs, and due to that, I was very flexible in when he paid his part of the bills. We split the household bills 50-50. After COVID, he was still jumping from job to job for no reason other than he got too drunk to show up and kept getting fired. After a year of him not paying his rent, I got fed up. A year. Wow. And told him he either needed to get and keep a job and get fully caught up. He was approximately $10,000 in the hole to me, or he needed to be out by a specific date. I was so fed up, I was willing to chalk up all the money for him to just be out. Side note, over the years he lived with me, he acquired three dogs. Of the three, one of which he had put down for no reason other than he had convinced himself she was sick, which she wasn't. He took her to a shady vet that didn't ask questions. The second he adopted from the pound during COVID because he wanted a playmate for the first dog. Then the third he took in from a friend as an until they found a new apartment situation. And that turned into, oh, we decided not to, so she is yours now. I personally had to two dogs of my own. His first dog, a Doberman, and one of mine, Mutt, were best friends and played together all the time. When he got the second dog, a pit bull, he didn't introduce him to the existing dogs properly and a blood brawl happened with my other dog, also a Mutt, so we started keeping them separated. As for the third dog, she was afraid of everything, so she separated herself. Anyway, back to the story, my roommate decided
decided that I was just joking and wouldn't actually kick him out. So even though I continuously stayed on his case about job hunting, when he was going to pay me, etc., I even started asking if he had found a new place to live as the time drew closer to the date I gave him. He still didn't do anything to attempt to get caught up. So when the day finally came, he just happened to stay at a friend's house the night before. I had the locks changed and text him to come get his belongings as I had put everything neatly in the garage in boxes and garbage bags. He never came and he has not texted or called once. I already live paycheck to paycheck and feed my own dogs before I feed myself most weeks and now feeding his two remaining dogs has made it even harder. So because the pit is reactive to all dogs, I didn't feel like I could rehome him on my own and all the rescues in the area were full up. I took them both to a no-kill shelter after 30 days. He hasn't contacted me and I messaged him that he had till the day before I took them to come get them. Well, a week after I did, his sister called to say she was coming out to get the dogs and his stuff. I told her the truth and now his whole family and some of his friends are blowing up my phone and someone even called animal control on my dogs being vicious. They don't leave my yard and both are afraid of their own shadows, so the animal control guy just laughed. I felt I did the best thing for his dogs, one of which was already adopted. So am I the astronaut for taking the dogs to the pound? Man, that's not a fun situation to be in at all. Roommate definitely, definitely is. Uh, we can send him straight there. He abandoned them. Straight up abandoned them. Just left them behind. And even when somebody reached out to come get him, it wasn't even him. Like, he couldn't even do that. He had to have somebody else do it. And yes, she did give him notice. I know a lot of people have strong feelings about shelters, whether they say they're no kill or not, it's still being a risk. I agree it's a risk, but what choice did she have? I don't think he left her a choice at all. He abandoned them. Something had to be done. She did the best thing that she could. NTA for OP here. I don't know that anything could have been done differently here. I really don't know. I don't know that it could have been done differently at all. She was given no choice and did the best thing that she could. Also, gave this dude a year before finally speaking up and being like, okay, here's a deadline on this. We have to do something about this. This is not going to work out. This story is, am I the astronaut for spitting on my birthday cake? Oh, I feel like a birthday cake has been disrespected here, if it was intentional. I know I'm being dramatic and a bit crazy, but am I the a-hole? The story begins two years ago when I married my husband. We had been together for seven years and already shared a home and two lovely littles with a third on the way when we decided it was finally time for us to tie the knot. Everyone told me, don't get married, things will change when you do, but I knew my man, or I thought I did, and I was confident that married life would be just as much of a fairy tale as dating life. As as soon as we were married, he stopped helping around the house almost completely. Yes, I was pregnant, and yes, I was taking care of both kids, entertainment, mealtime, bath time, bedtime, bad dreams, and more, all by myself. Start that off here. I was also cooking, cleaning, making all meals, doing all the laundry, taking out the trash, and mowing the yard. Yes, still pregnant. When I say this man shut down, I mean he shut down. He lived on the couch playing video games. Over the course of the last two years, we had our ups and downs. His laziness and lack of help had not really improved, but we were trying to work on things. We'd been seeing a therapist for about a year, and I sometimes felt like it was helping, but other times, like my birthday, I wondered why I was still trying. My 32nd birthday recently passed. I didn't ask for much. All I wanted was a nice dinner out without the kids and an Oreo ice cream cake. I told my husband this and asked him nicely to get a cake and make a reservation for it. 
for us. He agreed and assured me that he'd take care of it, and I, trying not to be naggy, left it at that. The morning of my birthday came and went, and while he wished me a happy birthday, there was not so much as a word from him about dinner. I've been working hard at not undermining or micromanaging him, so I said nothing. Later, when we both arrived home from work, still he said nothing. Finally, I asked him if he had any plans for dinner. He barely looked up from his video game to say, oh yeah, I asked if he had a sitter for the kids and he told me to call my mom. At this point, I was already livid, but was so determined to not let him ruin my birthday. So I called my mom to watch the kids for a few hours. My husband drove us to our local Mexican restaurant where he did not have a reservation, so we waited 45 minutes to be seated. I should also note that he did not have an Oreo ice cream cake. We ate our meal mostly in silence and I excused myself to use the restroom. When I returned, there was a piece of chocolate cake and a scoop of ice cream waiting for me at the table. Now, maybe I should have been grateful that he made this tiny, minuscule effort to inform our waitress that it was my birthday so she could bring me a free dessert. However, at this point, I honestly felt like our waitress had made more of an effort to celebrate me on my birthday than he had. I was livid. I sat down, trying to decide what to say to him, but before I could even say a word, he casually reached across the table with his spoon and took the first bite of my cake. Mm. And that was it. I flew off the rails. I began yelling at him right there at our table. Everyone had turned to look at us, but I didn't care. I yelled about how lazy he is and about how little effort he puts into everything, especially our relationship, and finally about how he couldn't even let me have the first bite of my own shitty birthday cake at my shitty birthday dinner that I basically planned myself and drug him to. I stood up, spit on my cake and ice cream so he couldn't eat any more of it, and left the restaurant alone. Now, I know for a fact that he is an asshole in this situation and that he deserved every bit of beratement and embarrassment that he received that evening, but I do feel a little bit bad for causing so much of a scene and for spitting in the cake and ice cream. I truly meant no disrespect to the restaurant or the staff. I know it made me look like a child throwing a temper tantrum, but does it make me an a-hole? Wow. I wondered if that's where this was going to go. She was like, as soon as he reached over and took that first bite of my ice cream, I snapped and I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Flipped the table. No, no, didn't get there. I mean, still had a big reaction, but wasn't quite as WWE as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, not the asshole here. Dude, I mean, the, the number of times I had to hit the, the red flags button here because of dumb shit that he did because he is absolutely 100% a brozo. What is, what is he doing? Also, I don't understand behavior pivoting on a dime right after getting married. I don't understand marriage being the trigger that changes someone's personality. I do not understand it. Like, why would he go from being super helpful and super involved to super not just because he got married? Was there some kind of clause in the contract when you got married that said you got to do that shit and just put all the work on your wife? I do not understand it. And the level of disrespect that he showed to you here by not honoring any wishes at all and putting no effort at all into anything is horse shit. And the way that he's choosing me time every time and just choosing to play his video games all night every night instead of helping with kids, instead of doing anything with you is horse shit. Me time is a necessary thing every once in a while to keep you sane. It is not a necessary thing for him every damn night to the detriment of his relationship with his wife and his kids. He's got to get his priorities straight here. I have a feeling that he's probably more 
concerned about his KD ratio in Call of Duty than he is quality of his relationship with his wife. That's a problem. NTA. And I would be taking a serious look at this entire relationship and somehow causing him enough pain to wake his ass up because it's not going to get better until he experiences enough pain. Maybe this exchange was it. Maybe this exchange was enough pain for him to be like, shit, I've really stepped in it. If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content, and if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the astronauts today. Thanks again.